All right. Well, welcome to what I guess is the, we'll call it the first episode, but it's actually, it's the first pre-episode of this new show uh, called Pat Novak for Hire. When I say new show, it's actually an old show. It's an old radio drama from the late 40s, and it was pretty successful. And um, what we've done is we've remade it and we've modernized it and remade it but let me get to how this all started and and the impetus the inspiration for this okay my professional career started out as a a stand-up comic and i was traveling all over on the road and when i would travel I was always looking for something to listen to in the car that wasn't music. So I I ventured toward talk radio. And, um, and that worked for a while, but we all know what talk radio has turned into over the last few years. So I completely fell out of love with the genre. That's when I discovered uh, these old radio shows, and I, I was able to download them online. And fell in love with this whole idea of Wouldn't it be great to have a self-contained half hour-ish kind of commute story? Kind of like a half hour TV show without the visuals. Something that people could listen to on their way to work or on their way, you know, commuting around town. So I had this idea uh, and then I thought, well, instead of trying to do something totally modern that wouldn't fit in with the noir feeling of those radio shows, and not completely just coming up with a new show that fit into that period kind of thing. I thought, well, how about if I take a successful show that is in the public domain, I take the scripts, transcribe them, and rewrite the scripts, uh, and then redo the whole thing, starting over. So I wrote this script, and I'm getting to the man you see on screen right now if you're watching this video. Uh, I wrote that and immediately after I was proud of it, I went online to my community of, of entertainment people, people I grew up in the business with, other people I admired, um, and other people that I've worked with in the past. And I just went out on Facebook and I said, uh, I've got this idea for a noir 1940s remake of an old show. Uh, there's no budget, it's not sold, we don't have any money at all. And I'm wondering if anyone is interested in doing it. I'm looking for voice actors. I'm looking for musicians. And at the very end, I say, also, anybody who knows production. Now, uh, that's where Dave came in. Um, Dave doesn't just know production. Dave is uh, a man who's had decades of experience uh, shooting because uh, he's a cinematographer, uh, a, a video shooter. He's an editor and a producer. And I know Dave for 20 years now. Dave produced and shot and helped with the edit on a pilot I did over 20 years ago. And we've kind of remained in touch. But Dave, when I put that, that announcement out, the first person to respond was Dave. Dave said, I'm in. And he had not seen the script, didn't even know what the show was. And he immediately jumped in because again, when you work with good people, at least this is how I feel. When you work with good people, you want to work with them again. And I'm guessing that's what Dave was feeling. So before we get into the casting, let me throw it over to Dave. Say hello. Hey, Dave. Hey, buddy. So I think when I responded you called me on the spot i think my phone rang and you were like you were like 
don't mess with me, man. I probably did. Are you are you really in? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm in. And <laughs> that's when you described it to me. And then I think you sent me the script. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, my minimal input with the advertising. You loved it. Oh, the, let, me, let me explain. This is a big thing. So I was going to get to this later, but since you bring it up. I wrote the script originally throwing old commercial products like for instance the first one I wrote was an ad for Buster Brown shoes which I don't know if they exist anymore but I knew in the 40s they were a big thing so I wrote a Buster Brown commercial to put in for our announcer to read these period commercials Dave came up with this what turned out to be a brilliant idea which is what if we take modern sponsors which we don't have by the way we will we still don't have some we're gonna have we just don't have them yet take modern sponsors and write those ads like it's the 1940s and I it clicked in my head and I'm going oh geez that's brilliant let's do that so that's what's in the show we have these old commercials but they're all new products, you know, things that you hear on all the podcasts we did mock commercials for. Squarespace, um, uh, uh, one of the bedding, what is it called? Casper. Oh, Casper Mattress, what's uh, 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 DraftKings, all the ones you hear on podcasts and YouTube all the time. And I wanted to show how we could do those ads and do them in a different way. So, getting back to the beginning, Dave comes in and absolutely changes my entire mindset. The original mindset was, who cares about letting this make money or anything? This is just gonna be a ball of fun. And Dave changed it to where I thought, oh, this could actually be something. Uh, Zieg Hoffman plays Pat Novak. And um, Zieg Hoffman is uh, not a big Hollywood actress, although she lived there for a while and was trying the acting thing. But uh, Zieg is a tremendous actor, a great actor. Um, but she has a regular job and she lives in North Carolina, which even though I lived in Los Angeles for 20 years and grew up in New York, I live in North Carolina now and so does Dave. It's all just coincidental because 20 years ago when, when Dave did the pilot of mine, I was in Los Angeles, Dave was in Florida, even though we're both from New York, and we just both somehow ended up in North Carolina. Before I forget, I want to say that in the original production of Pat Novak for Hire, Pat was a man. And as I was updating the scripts, I thought to myself, why can't Pat be a woman? You know, Pat's a gender neutral kind of name. So I changed the part to female, but kept so much of the rest of the character the same. Women still flirt with Pat Novak. Pat still flirts back, but she also does it with the men. So I guess in today's vernacular, you'd call her gender fluid. She likes men, she likes women. She's not afraid to let people know. Now, I don't think this is some sort of agenda. It isn't, there's nothing political or anything about this. I just really thought this switch up would add more to the stories and the relationships, while at the same time letting the audience instantly know it's not 1949. And a little spoiler, we also are starting to use Zig now in other roles, like guest starring roles, completely different voice. You're gonna see more of that as we move forward. But we did an episode we're just editing right now where she is one of the guest stars, and you can't even tell it's the same woman, she's just a great actress. Uh, and then we came across, next in line was the hardest part to fill was, where do you find a 1940s announcer? 
Dave, you want to add anything here? Lou's amazing. I, I'm at this point too close to it because I do it, and I, <laughs> you know, I'm doing the engineering on all the sound. Um, but yeah, I, I think you know, even for myself, listening to it, that might be my favorite part of the show is listening to the, the advertisements. And you'd think I'd be sick of advertisements at this point in my career. <laughs> the, yeah, Dave worked in commercials for a long time. Still does it on the side. But uh, so Lou came to us. Lou DiMaggio, stand-up comic that I've known about 35 years from the beginning of my career lou was always one of those long island guys that you always heard of and you you saw him on the road you saw him doing tv spots and um but lou wrote in and i didn't know lou personally um at least not beyond hey man good set you know i didn't you know i didn't really hang out with the guy but he chimed in when I, I said I was looking for a 1940s announcer, and he said, I'll audition. It was flipping amazing. It was like Lou embodied this part of a 1940s announcer. Um, someone who heard him, the audition, turned to me and said, oh, it's like listening to a 1929 Yankee game. He has that voice that you remember from the old, uh, from newsreels and, and all that old stuff you saw on Sunday afternoon TV, because we're, of course, too young to have seen it in first run. So then we hire Lou, who is an, uh, amazing. We later on get his wife, Loretta Fox, does a bunch of guest roles for us. She's a tremendous actress. But back to our main cast. Next up was uh, my oldest friend in stand-up comedy audition, and he was great. And uh, it's Mike Nilsson, who you'll know if you if you uh, go to comedy clubs in the Midwest or or anything. He's a, a great comic uh, actor, mostly a comic though, and a musician too. He's a lead singer in a in a very loud rock and roll band. Um, but he's also my oldest friend. I have war stories of being on the road with Mike many, 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 many times, and. So so he's my oldest buddy. He and all, he auditions with um, for the part of our what do we call him? Our foil. Our he's not the villain, but he's still the bad guy. He's a cop named Hellman, and Hellman is the one who just messes up Pat Novak's life all the time. But he sees it in reverse. He thinks she's messing up his life. But Hellman is this character, and I remember Dave. If you remember this, because I'm sorry, I talk a lot, but I got this passion for it. He he talks a lot. I talk a lot, um, but uh, Hellman, he's gruff. You know, you've heard the term gruff but lovable. Hellman is all of that except the lovable. He's just gruff. He's a pain in the ass. He's gruff, and he's so needed in these stories. Yeah, he always wants to put Pat in jail. And, and often does, and then Pat gets out and he looks stupid. But, okay, now the, the uh, I would call this the... Maybe the hardest part to cast is the next one. And also, turned out to be, just like the others, there's nobody else for this part. It's perfect. Jocko. Okay, the part of Jocko. Jocko Madigan is this retired doctor who's a drunk now, hangs out in bars all the time. But he is a friend of Pat Novak's, and he helps her solve these crimes. Often she puts him in danger, and but he's got these... We always thought, like, think of Uncle Billy and It's a Wonderful Life. He's kind of this all-over-the-place guy, kind of... He's a little bit half-brained, but at the same time, kind of a genius. And I got a bunch of auditions, just like the other parts. But the one that came in, I just stopped listening to the rest, was 
um, from Joey Cola, comedian extraordinaire that I've known for 30 years. And uh, Joey works all over. You see him in Atlantic City. You see him in New York at all the clubs. He hosts a very popular podcast about the Sopranos uh, and, uh, and does live shows with those guys. And uh, so he comes in and reads this thing. And to give you an idea how good the first episode of him was, every episode after the first, I gave Jocko bigger scenes because I did not want him to leave. He was funny to me, but also he's the character with a heart. Pat Novak is our, think of Jack Webb, you know, think of Dragnet, just the facts. She's a straight um, em almost emotionless uh, lead. Jocko is all emotion, all heart, um, and he's her best friend. And and Joey Cola does this amazingly. So there's our core cast. Dave, you want to chime in here again before I just keep talking? No, I'm 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 in total agreement with you. Joey's great, and Jocko as a character, you know. It, he brings something that wasn't there. Absolutely. And also something that's missing from a lot in that genre, too. You don't really get that sidekick that much. Usually it's two equal people or just one person. But to have that, that star and sidekick thing, and also an interesting character, which came to me this way. I mean, I didn't create the fact that he was a drunk former doctor. This is from the actual original show. And um, so you're going to enjoy listening to him. You're going to love listening to Pat. You're going to love the commercials that come from Lou. Oh, also, I don't want to forget, just like Zeke did a guest starring part uh, with a different voice, um, and she'll be doing more of that in the future. Lou does one in almost every episode. Lou plays a secret character that you don't even know. And, uh, and you don't even know which one it is. But we have other actors, but our core do a, do a lot of work. And, and so does Vin uh, here maybe once in a while. <laughs> oh, I pop in from time to time just for fun, just to be a killer or a bartender. I think in the pilot episode, I have one line. So Vin, you started this with you know redoing a live radio show, you and Zeke, when you took a class together. In our advantage, though, it's a whole lot more work. We're able to record these things with people all over the country via Zoom. Vin and I can direct, produce, get perfect audio from them or close to it. And then now we've got all this stuff to put together in a, in a professional program, sound effects, music. Um, and one day maybe we'll be able to afford a composer. A composer and also maybe afford to buy mics for our cast. Oh, uh, yeah. You know. uh, pay our cast. Pay. Less, less equalizing for me if yeah. we can get the same mics for everybody. Pay you even. I would like to see this turn into something, but right now this whole thing is a labor of love. So we ended up doing five episodes for this first like half season and with a finale and everything. And, uh, and then we're hoping the audience will tell us if they want more or if they like the idea, but they want us to do different episodes of different shows. I don't know. We're going to leave it to you guys. But uh, Dave touched on something very important, and I don't want to gloss over that. Um, normally, something like this, even modern times, would be done in a recording studio with professional setups and, and, and foam on the walls and... and the, big microphones with fuzzy fuzzy things on them like Dave's right in front of them there um, but we didn't have that luxury it was during the pandemic toward the two-thirds through the pandemic but still it was pandemic and uh, and we have oh, the cast Joey lives in New York 
Lou lives in Los Angeles. Zeig lives here in town. Some of our guest actors come from New Jersey, Chicago, Florida. They're from all over. So we don't have the luxury of having a recording studio. Plus, who's going to pay for a recording studio when you have no money? Uh, and I mean, the show has no money. Uh, so we put everybody in a closet. So we put everybody, except a couple of them. A couple of them uh, refused to go in the closet, but they had decent sound anyway. But we put you in the closet just because that whole idea of having clothing kind of works to absorb the extra sounds and, and no echo, and it keeps the echo out. So, so everybody recorded at home. Um, they didn't know what they were doing. I think only Zeig had ever worked. Oh no, Zeig and Lou had worked volumes on their mics, but uh, we had to get mics for other people. Other people went out and bought mics. Um, uh, one of our guest stars that we have in three of the episodes is an incredible comedian named Billy Garen. You can catch him on cruise ships or Atlantic City or, all the time. Um, and, and he ended up buying a really nice mic. We've had to bootstrap this and, uh, and people learning what to do. Like I said, nobody knew how to, how to um, operate levels on the mics or anything. So I started doing a thing where I, I was directing these from the beginning. That was always my plan. I'll do the scripts and I'll direct. Um, and so what I started doing was instead of putting five people in a, in a, a Zoom room together, uh, I started doing five different sessions, directing each of them individually, and I would read all the other parts that the people weren't there. And we thought, well, there's no way this is gonna work. And yet, when Dave puts it together with the magic that he brings, it works, it just works. Uh, when I say ma uh, magic, I don't want to, I don't want to do too much bragging stuff, but the fact that we have someone of Dave's caliber involved in this project is... No, I'm serious. I am dead serious. I was expecting, when I was looking for someone to help me with production, because I couldn't do it all, I was I was expecting, yeah, I've done... I've recorded on GarageBand a few times, and I kind of know, yeah, I can do it for you. But instead, what I got was an award-winning guy who's who's produced commercials, directed shows. So even in the directing, when I'm directing, if I mess something up or if Dave heard something that I didn't hear because I was also acting to to you know be the scene partner for the person I was reading with, if he heard something, he catches things that maybe I didn't. He is invaluable to this project. We call we say the show's produced by him. Uh, but I really wish I could have like a string of nine credits for him because he's the audio engineer, he's the he's a producer, he's the editor, sound design. Dave does he's the he's the sound effect guy. Um, I wanted to also mention when I talk about the engineering and stuff, these people who knew nothing about the technology to move forward, there is one person that comes completely to the forefront. And it is our very own Jocko Madigan, Joey Cola. He is, when it comes to technology, Joey is a Luddite. I mean, he is, he doesn't just use a landline. I believe it's its a rotary dial. I mean, he is old school. So um, we're going to wrap this up, but I wanted to say, what we have is we have five, what I consider to be very entertaining episodes. It's noir. It's drama, it's mystery, it's crime, it's private detectives, it's, uh, it's double crosses, it's noir. And just so you know, the comedy is coming here from uh, Jocko Madigan, 
from Lou, our announcer, from the relationship between Hellman and Pat Novak, and even from the guests. So there are all these different avenues for comedy. The one thing I didn't want to do is I didn't want to turn the show into a joke machine where it was just joke after joke after joke because I do think in order to carry this all forward, the mystery has to work, the drama has to work. So I wanted to make sure that I left that open. I'm going to shut up and Dave, now you talk for 10 minutes straight. <laughs> There's no chance I'm talking for 10 minutes straight. I think if we keep, if anybody wants to hear any more of this, they can listen to the show. Yes, I definitely want you to listen. Listen, uh, I believe when this comes out, this is going to be the first thing dropping. What's going to drop in a day or two, you're going to meet Zeke Hoffman, but you're not going to meet the actress. You're going to meet the character, Pat Novak. We got a little quick episode where, where Pat Novak is introducing herself to uh, the audience. That'll be followed by Joey Cola uh, as Jocko Madigan introducing himself. And Hellman introducing himself. So you're going to get all these characters. You're, you're going to kind of know who they are before the stories start. So when we get to the first episode, you hit the ground running. And then we end that week of pre-launch of the show. Pre-drop, as the kids say. Drop. The show's dropping. Uh, the week before, so you're going to get Pat, Joey, Mike. You're going to get Lou last. Uh, Lou is the last one where we're going to have Lou explain what his um, connection is to the show. Not him, but his character. The announcer's name is Monty Davenport, which Lou named because it just sounds like the right name. And he's going to explain things about how the show works. You'll hear a couple snippets from commercials. And then, like two days later, we, we drop our first episode. And I believe, I could be wrong at this point, but as of now, um, the drop date for episode number one, after all the pre-episodes, is the 8th of May. So you'll be able to listen to episode one, and then every couple weeks, there'll be a new episode for you. Right here, you can sign up, subscribe, do all that stuff. Please listen early, and please tell your friends... Um, share it. Let people learn about this show if you like it. It's for people who love the genre of film noir, old radio. But I also think there's enough in there where the young people might find themselves, I don't know, latching on to, hey, this is like something my grandfather likes, but there's jokes in there for me. There's, there's still a great story. And this is something you're not hearing everywhere. So I think there is just a whole bunch of opportunity for the audience to find us. Dave? Yeah, I agree. And uh, we're looking forward to having an audience. Okay. And Dave, I want to say this real quick, and you can keep this in if you want. But since this 20-minute call, whatever this is, how long have we been on? Um, uh, 30 minutes now we've been talking. It's longer than most episodes of Pat Novak for Hire. I, I, may, have, I may have to trim it a little. No, what I was going to say was trim the hell out of it so it just doesn't look like I talked for 27 of those minutes. <laughs> yeah, listen, you're too nice, but also... I do feel this. I have this passion and I love it. And when I love something, I can't shut up about it. And listen to the uh, the interviews with the rest of the characters. You can learn about them right before. And we'll see you in San Francisco at Pier 19 on the waterfront for Pat Novak for Hire 2023 version. Thanks. Thanks.